Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks, and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Prices. It's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Ringo Starr celebrating America's birthday as we're coming up to Ringo's birthday. That was Ringo and the Beach Boys live on the Capitol Mall from 1984. It has been quite a birthday party. We've learned a lot. Yes, Greg Bissonette from uh, the All-Stars giving us an update on the road. Nils Lofgren, wow, what a history, and uh, just telling us about his history, and of course his time with Ringo and the All-Stars. Burton Cummings, sharing a lot of great stories, and Billy Amendola, sort of giving us the uh, expert's opinion, Billy of Modern Drummer. So, happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, Ringo. For Tom Frangione and Bill Flanagan, it's Dennis Elsis. Until the next time, we say Beatles forever. Hey, peace and love, peace and love. You know, since 2008, on July the 7th, my birthday, the idea is that anyone, anywhere at noon, anywhere at noon, you're on the bus, doesn't matter if you're in the office, your local time at noon, you can go peace and love. And that would be your gift to me. Okay, so... It's been great, you know, we've been doing it now, as I said, for quite a few years, and now we're in 30 countries. How great is that? Yeah, hi, I'm on moderndrummer.com. Peace and love. Where we can go, you know, I, 
there were two chores booked for me. I uh, couldn't go, of course. And then uh, I was just sitting there, you know, moping about a bit. And I thought, well, I'm going to make an EP. I didn't want to look at the progress of a, an album, of a, a CD. So I thought just, you know, four tracks and just to hit the drums and hang out with a few musicians. And we did. We were all very, uh, you know, cautious. You know, we all got tested before we, you know, Ben Montage came over playing piano and Nathan East came. And so everybody came over. You know, we were all pretty six foot apart ish, but at least we could feel each other. And, uh, and it was only like two people besides me at a time. We didn't have like a whole gang. Uh, like the chorus for Hearst of the Nights, like the two people that came over were um, Ben Harper and Dave Grohl. That was it. With this record, I made a decision that, you know, though I'm the producer and I do play the drums and I do sing the songs, I didn't have to put on all of the other instruments that went on there. People were doing it at home. And I didn't have to be the writer or the co-writer of the song. Uh, so, you know, I started calling people, uh, have they got any songs? And, uh, you know, Sam Hollander I worked with on my uh, What's My Name album. You know, he was great. And he did it all in New York and then sent it down just and I up. just did the vocals. He had a drummer on, he had a whole band on. But uh, the fun part of having, you know, doing it yourself was that on Sam's track, I felt it needed a fill, one fill in this place I heard. And so now I'm credited as the uh, vocalist and one drum fill. <laughs> it's just, just that's how it is so you can do stuff like that Diane Warren sent the first song and that came out December and all, you know all those people came out for me you know to uh, sing on the chorus which was great which was Dave and Ben and Joe and Cheryl Crow you know and Lenny Kravitz came out Chris Taylor. I mean it was just so great people you know you just I think everyone was looking for something to do you know, so Diane got half the guys and girls and I got the other half. Um, but it just keeps you in a music mode, which I love. You know, I, I prefer to be playing on stage, but this is uh, the best I can do right now is to play, uh, make a record here in this room I'm in and, uh, you know, hang out with musicians. That's great. The next question comes to us from Matt Friedlander of ABC. How did you end up collaborating with the Doors' Robbie Krieger? Did he come to your home studio to record his part? Are you a Doors fan? And how cool was it to get his classic guitar sound on one of your recordings? It was very cool, and he's a beautiful human being. And uh, I, he played in his own studio. You know, we're just sending the file. I'm on like five records, other people's records this year. They just send the files, and I drummed it in my drum room in the and uh but Robbie it was back again to me thinking I wanna change this up and you know have different writers, have different musicians. And Robbie came to mind and we called him and said, you know, we've got this track, would you wanna play on it? And he said we sent it to him and he thought, Yeah man, that's great. So that, you know, it was such a it was an interesting process this uh E P that, you know, we had Robbie and we had other people writing and uh, and producing in a way the uh, Sam Hollander 
and we produced everything in the room here and the engineer and I wrote a, a reggae song which we did here and then brought in Tony Chen world-class reggae guitarist from Bob Marley onwards he's played and so it gave it some character and uh, so I was sort of in that mood of looking for people I hadn't worked with as well to come on over or to send it I sent the files so uh, it, for me it's like a, it's like a, a really good phase of my recording uh, life you know to get to play or to listen to what they played at their own studios and uh, and it worked yeah and whoever's that asked that question Robbie's great talking about the records to the tracks I mean they're all peace and love I mean um, you know the strange thing is I got for it well Mama Teach Me to Tango is not really peace and love <laughs> uh, that's just rocks on um, I uh, you know, I'd sort of done the four track. EPs in my day were four tracks. I loved EPs and I got plenty of them in storage. But anyway, we're just finishing off and doing that. And then I get a call from Steve Lukather and Joe Williams from uh, Toto. They've got this song. I said, bring it over. And they came over with the mask on and, uh, you know, not enough love in the world. I had to do it. Not enough peace in the world. I mean, they had me at the first line. And so what was great, uh, Joe had put some synths on, you know, giving it some body. And Luke, of course, one of the finest guitarists in the world, uh, I'd put some guitar on. And then so I just put my voice on and the drums. And then they came back to listen. And then Luke put a bit more guitar on, you know. You ever want a bit more guitar, call Luke. <laughs> Yeah, so that you know, it, it, it unfolded as we went along. You know, I just got in here one day thinking I'm gonna make an EP call, Bruce come over, turn on the system. I don't know how you do that. And uh, I started thinking about people and calling people and changing my mind. I don't have to be like that guy who's usually at the least is uh, you know, one of the writers on the track. And it just sort of unfolded as we went along. And, you know, we were in no rush. There was not like, you know, a, uh, a date. We had to get it finished. We just went along, we played, we went and did other things. Well, we didn't do anything else. <laughs> uh, you know, I left the house eight times in a year. I mean, it's far out. But anyway, it was a great experience and it was in a relaxed way, but a confined space you know, because of the COVID. But now I've had both my shots, I can hang out with all you guys on the screen here. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm making EPs because it's not such a big situation, you know, to do the 10 tracks. You're like, it's, you know, it's joyful, but it's work. With the EP, it's like, you know, the, you, can, you can look at it, four tracks now five of course but it's easy easier to look at and i did feel after what's my name the cd i had in 19 that um that's probably the last cd i didn't know this was going to happen the pandemic and, and then so i thought well you know i said i was only going to make tracks i mean I, you don't even have to make an ep an lp a cd um you know this mine's coming out on cassette because hey 
I wanted out on cassette, you know? And uh, so, you know, most, the problem of you do it, and it, you know, it took a few months, was that when I uh, finished it, I had uh, Bruce Resnikoff from Universal come over to listen. It's one thing we do. And he said, he listened, he said, yeah. I said, and he said, when do you want it out? And I said, oh, November. And he goes, March? <laughs> because it takes a little longer now, you know, there isn't that office buzz. They're all at home doing this stuff, so you got to keep moving it. Anyway, that's, it came out in March, and it's out today. How great is that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's it. I just think EPs are good, and, you know, don't tell anyone, but I have started EP2. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what big plans we had for 2020, you know, I was 18, we could have a big celebration, all the kids and the grandkids, everybody was coming into LA and uh, we're going to like have a great time. And, you know, it didn't happen. So I have, this is the longest I haven't seen the kids or the grandkids. Um, though, you know, my granddaughter sent me a, a little video today of my great grandson singing away to my song because the BBC are playing it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard, you know? And I, I smile because they only want to go back to school. They're all back in school in England now. And I was thinking about myself about school. And I, I never wanted to go to school. That's one of Burgundy down even then, but they miss their pals. It's understandable. And that's what I think the EP helps. I see pals once in a while, you know, they come over or we're on, on the uh, FaceTime with each other. And so it keeps your spirits alive to be able to hang out with other, in my case, musicians and other people. But, you know, I have my American stepchildren here, Barbara's children, and we have Marjorie, her sister, and Joe Walsh, you know. And so they're the only houses I've been to. They come to this house, so we go to their house. You know, we're all very protective of the virus. We don't want it, so we try our best. But uh, yeah, it's been hard. The answer, the quick answer, which I don't have many quick answers, is yes. I had to cancel last year, as you all know, and I've canceled this year uh, because I don't want to go out on the road and have, you know, social distancing and masked on or whatever, even though by, you know, it was going to be May, June was the first tour. And then we thought maybe September, October we could manage. And then just uh, two days ago, I canceled that one too. I'm going to wait till next year to go out. So there may be four or five EPs out before then. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Jeff Slate writes, you've been making solo records for over 50 years now. Reflect on the process. Has it changed over the years? Of course, oh, it all you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 yeah. You needed a, you know, a sort of a hammer and chisel when I started making records. Because <laughs> I far out. I did a George Martin, God rest his soul. We did a documentary in the 90s. We, we both were the, went to look at the equipment in uh, Abbey Road. And we, we were both said, we could only dream of equipment like this. You know, it was far out. I mean, we had 
compared to now primitive but you know compared to then it was very good and we were probably the last band to go on to eight track um you know the americans were using eight track wow you know now they've got 70 tracks i don't like that though i like to play you know a lot of bands are just like if there's the drummer they just go and that's it they put that right through the record so that i i always play through the record when i play um but yeah it's incredible what you can do now and you know we're lucky you know that uh, the Beatle records are still popular in their way and uh, you know like every generation likes to hear them and but a lot of those bands were um you know they only go out for streaming i'm streaming as well but you know that's so new there's nothing to hold i mean i'm from those days when you you held an lp and it was like yeah you opened it and it was interesting this uh now it's you know even a cd it took me a while cd talking about cds it took me a while to listen to cds a long time ago now but because they're all a little harsh compared to the vinyl and i'm used to the hiss you know of the vinyl yeah i see you brother yeah yeah i got you and um so it's changed a lot i mean that's all i can say really i mean just my system here it's mainly pro tools with few added situations i mean i can't even turn the bloody thing on you know i have to have the engineer come over so it's changed would you talk about the peter jackson film and if you're looking forward to it yeah oh so much i mean get back i mean you know just to put you in the picture on the first time it came out the documentary michael lindsay hogs on the roof was about seven seven minutes eight minutes long on the roof with peter is 43 minutes long <laughs> that's all wow. you know it's about the music and a lot of joy you know i didn't feel any joy in the original documentary it was all focused on and everybody knows i mean i say this it was focused on one moment that went down between two of the lads and uh you know and no none of the joy the idea that we found 56 hours of unused video you know tells you everything really and peter i had several talks with peter about how i felt like i just told you i thought it was miserable and he kept and i said there's lots of laughter i was there we were laughing we were having fun we were playing you know we were doing what we do and uh, so he would keep coming into la because he works out in new zealand and he, he'd come over with his ipad and he'd show me sections he said look what i found here we're laughing we're having fun as a band so you know even if you see that little trailer that they put out late last year um on the documentary you know it's full of fun i mean there was a lot of joy in making those records those tracks and so i'm look, certainly looking forward to the whole thing i haven't seen the finished product yet that Ringo, uh, um, but that's going to happen any minute now because it comes out in august are you creating more art while you're in lockdown yes you know i purposely because it's a press conference and there's lots of you but if you've seen anything i've done to promote 
on this wall behind me, I just wanted a plain wall for you guys. I've had, I've got artwork up to the kazoo because that's another thing I love to do. And a lot of artists have been making tracks and I've got the gym. So they're like the three venues I go to. And, uh, you know, just trying to keep fit to the best of my ability and paint, I love to paint. And so, yeah, plenty of art. Well, I, I grew quite a lot when we, in 1960, we went to Germany and with Rory and the Hurricanes. And uh, the guy, Koshmita, the guy who owns the clubs and that, decided, you know, he wasn't going to London for the bands, he's coming to Liverpool for the bands. And so Howie Casey was the first band to go from Liverpool, then the Beatles went from Liverpool. I think also with the studio after 65, when we decided just to stay in the studio, also taught us lessons about sound and space. You know, I mean, my personal view as a drummer is I don't need to be drum boogieing while you're singing the song. So I always play to the song. And if the singer's singing, I don't play much. But if he stops, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that, and you know, with the All-Stars, you learn because, you know, it's, it's called the All-Stars band. That everyone is a star in their own right. They all have their songs. And, you know, I have to learn all their songs. They have to learn my songs. They have to learn the other, you know, guitarist songs, the piano player song. So it uh, keeps you on your toes, you know? It's not just the same old, old track every day. Well, you know, it's a great pleasure for me to do the Grammys on Sunday and presented the best record to Billie Eilish, who I think is just incredible. And Phineas, who writes them with her, he's actually on the, uh, the, the, uh, the chorus with everybody else, with Lenny and everybody, he came through. And it was great to meet her, you know, and, uh, but musically great, you know, beautiful human being and musically great. But, you know, I listen to what's happening, but I play what I play. You're not going to see me any minute now, I don't think, rapping. <laughs> <laughs> How do you decide which songs to play on? And other people also asked if you'd be collaborating with people who are on Here's to the Nights, like Dave Grohl or Ben Harper. Well, we just asked. And, uh, you know, I know Luke, he's been in the All-Star Band for nine years. And, uh, and Joe. And as I said at the beginning, they'd written this song, put some program on it and uh, made it easy for me to sing. But uh, Luke, I mean, you know, and Toto, it's a great band. And we are friends, so, you know, I'm going to do it for friends. I mean, I'm not going to do everything everybody asks me. I mean, I don't play jazz. So, if it, oh yeah, you're holding up the record now, brother. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> um, you know, I played for them, they played for me. It's like, you know, one of those. And, you know, I've, on Sheila Ree, she, it's a great story. Sheila Ree did come together and she called me, would I play on it? And she came over with the files. And anyway, I said, look, I'm not going to do that bump, bump, you know, that pattern I do. Uh, I'm going to go like bump, bump, check, 
And uh, because, you know, that pattern I did, I'm only ever going to play that on the Beatles track. And so I went, bum, bum, and she goes on the Congress, doodly, 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 doodly. <laughs> she put it in. So it was a lot of fun, in, you know, playing. But she forgot to tell me it was seven and a half minutes long, and four of them was a jam at the end. But I'm on the kit, so I'm jamming with you, baby. Yeah, I love Sheila. But, you know, it's like that. And Rodney Crowell, I just played on a track for him. I just put a track together for his charity, for the musicians in uh, Nashville. And, you know, Edgar Winters getting an album out. And uh, in memory, really, of his brother who died. And Johnny, who was great. And so I'm on a track. You know what I mean? It's, it's like whatever comes in, it's a yes or no. But... Uh, yeah, I just loved it. Mama teach me the tango, and I thought the the track was great. And Sam, as I said at the beginning of this, uh, you know, said I asked him for a song on the What's My Name CD, and he was in LA then, so he came over. But you know, since then he's he's been doing it in New York, and I'm doing it here. But thank you, Lord, for the files we can send each other. So, yeah, but I, when I was a lad, a lot of mamas taught me to tango. <laughs> <laughs> we have two questions asking you about another country album. Are you considering... Another country? Yep. No, that's interesting because we were doing a track yesterday and um, I felt that the end results of it could could be a country song. Uh, so, but I, if I do a country EP, that's possible. But uh, yeah, I love country music and I love the blues. You know, I love pop, I love rock. I like, I like a lot of music and I, you know, I like big bands because of my stepfather. He was a big band freak and that's what he'd play all the time. And he said one of the finest things to me once, because he never put what I was listening to down. But he uh, he said, I was playing him some record, and he said, well, have you heard this? I said, no, what is it? And it was Harry, Harry. And it was Sarah Vaughan. My stepdad introduced me to Sarah Vaughan. How beautiful is she? And Glenn Miller, of course, and a lot of other bands. And I feel that's because of him, you know, even when it's straight rock, I sort of have a swing to it. It's just something naturally to me. You know, it's not like straight rock. It's like straight rock with a bit of a swing. And, uh, you know, I feel it's because I listen to all those big band records he liked to play. Peace and love moments are growing. Okay, so, so, you know, it's like the pebble in the ocean. The ripples are going out and out and out. And, you know, it's a huge ocean. But the ripples have started, and that's all you can do is your best. And, you know, and I do it a lot. <laughs> so why don't I count to three? Yeah, brother, I see you, Pablo. Why don't I count to three? We have a goodbye, peace of love. Wow. Great. Let, wait, let me peace unmute everybody. Peace of love, peace of love. I didn't see any of you guys joining in. Well, yeah, I see you now. Is that it, Elizabeth? That's it. Thank okay, you. listen, everybody. Thanks for being on the Zoom with me. And uh, 
And you're pointing somewhere, Pablo, some picture on the back of his screen there, I don't know. And you're pointing to the guitar. <laughs> See, it's great, we're all together, you know, if we want to be together, we can, there's a picture of me and, oh, John Paul George. Yeah. I should just keep taking photos of you, screenshots, but I don't know how you do that. All right, so I'm off and running. Have a great day, a great evening, depending where you're calling from. And I send you peace and love. Thank you. Peace and love. Peace and love. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Don't run from a good time in summer or you fall into winter. Just hit your ride with your favorite drummer. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.